I just got out of the first practice of Miami Hurricanes Fall Camp 2023. Here's who and what stood out. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available wherever you get your podcasts free and available free on YouTube. So finally, fall camp practice number one is in the books. Media got to watch about the first 45 minutes. A lot of that was stretching and individual drills. So if something crazy happened in 11 on 11s, I was not there to see it, nor was any other member of the media. So keep that in mind when I tell you everything I'm about to tell you, okay? Uh, my top overall standout performer today, this may not be a name you expected, but he looked really good, transfer cornerback Judias Richard from Vanderbilt. I thought 45 minutes watching him in drills, going up against wide receivers, Judias Richard popped more than anybody else on that field today. Right near the end of the media viewing period, he made two tremendous plays uh, in basically back-to-back drills. I think there was one play in between. He broke up a pass from Emery Williams. Two plays later, later, intercepted Tyler Van Dyke. Did a great job with his vision jumping a route. Tremendous instinct shown on the play. Uh, That was one of those types of interceptions, by the way, because I know people will ask me, wait, wait, what kind of a throw was that from TVD? Did Tyler look bad out there? That was one of those types of interceptions where you come away more impressed with the DB than you come away disappointed in the quarterback. I thought that was a really good play by Jadias Richard. Another player who really stood out to me, and a lot of this is because I know he's coming off an injury, so I was looking at him really closely, but I thought he also looked really good. Basically, everyone in the tight end room looked pretty good to me, but Elijah Arroyo, who... Assuming he's healthy, he looks fully healthy right now, stays healthy during the year. I think he's your tight end one this year. Uh, I was watching him really closely. I thought Arroyo looked really good, silky smooth, route running, good hands, and most importantly, yeah, he looks healthy. You can see him. He's wearing a brace on that formerly injured knee of his, uh, which obviously someone coming off an ACL is going to do. They're going to wear a brace, but Arroyo seems to be out there full go with zero restrictions which is what Mario Cristobal promised, right? When Cristobal was at ACC Media Days, he mentioned Arroyo is fully healthy, not going to have any restrictions. Didn't look like he had any restrictions whatsoever in the first day of fall camp. He was one of those guys who stood out to me. Um, I was obviously watching all three of Miami's scholarship quarterbacks, Van Dyke, Jakari Brown, true freshman Emery Williams. Uh, We were also positioned on the field really closely that we could watch the quarterbacks. I don't know if they do that on purpose or not, but it is convenient because I know a lot of you guys are listeners and viewers want to know how the quarterbacks are looking. Uh, So a lot of the stuff before they started throwing in some, a few team drills late in the period, we got to watch them doing a lot of various footwork and accuracy drills, throwing footballs into those nets, those targets from what we got to watch. I'm not going to say anybody really stood out in a huge way. Like I didn't come away thinking, man, That was a tremendous practice by this quarterback, that or the other. Uh, All three of them had their ups and downs. In the footwork and accuracy drills, uh, it looked like Tyler Van Dyke was slightly more accurate overall than Jakari Brown and Emery Williams. 
uh, when it came to hitting those targets. Uh, but I thought Emery, and I said the same thing coming out of spring football, there's a lot of potential in Emery Williams because he's got really good natural footwork. Like you can tell when he's going through those footwork drills, kind of weaving around cones and barriers that it comes a little bit more fluidly to him than it does for most of the other quarterbacks I've watched at the college level. So I think that's something that's going to be a great foundation for Emory Williams a year or two down the road when he does get a chance to play significantly at Miami. Uh, so Emory, uh, early on, and I, I sent this out to my subtext subscribers, first few minutes of practice, uh, Emery had some really good throws and drills, just looked pinpoint accurate. He definitely had some ups and downs. He had some throws that weren't so great, but some throws that were really, really good throughout the day. Uh, he did have a couple of long throws, deep throws that appeared to be just a bit off. Uh, I saw him throw a deep ball to Shamar Kirk that seemed to hang in the air a bit too long. Kirk tried to track it. Probably could have still caught it anyway, but he couldn't haul it in. But I thought that was a little bit more on the pass not being there than it was on the receiver, even though it did basically get to his hand. So Kirk almost made a play on that football. Uh, and I was impressed with a lot of the stuff that I saw from Jakari Brown. Uh, Jakari Brown, I thought, had one of the best throws in drills. I saw him thread a needle to Elijah Arroyo, and it was a good catch by Arroyo, who also looked really good. But, you know, if, if Jakari had thrown that, a half step behind Arroyo, it would have been either batted down or intercepted. He put it right on the money. I thought that was a really good throw by Jakari. I was watching Ray Ray Joseph and Robbie Washington, both of the true freshman receivers, both getting a lot of work out there. I thought Ray Ray in particular had a really nice sliding catch. Washington had some catches as well, but there was one catch by Ray Ray, Ray that really stood out. I think it was Tyler Van Dyke who threw that particular catch. Uh, I may be wrong on that. It might have been Emery, but I think it was TVD. Uh, I want to talk about a couple more guys who stood out, not only for what they did on the field, but folks, um, if you're looking at who seems to have really rocked it in the offseason strength and conditioning program and whose frame looks like, man, this guy's put on a lot of muscle mass, maybe even grown an inch or two during the offseason, I want to give you some of those takeaways as well. First day of Miami Hurricanes fall camp is in the books. We are talking about it, and we're only getting started here on Locked on Canes. I am only getting started with eBay Motors for a championship team. We hope Miami has one of those down the road. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right. The first time around, just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only and exclusions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers, we're not even done today. We're going to do at least two more episodes today. Going to sit down with Miami Hurricanes defensive line alum uh, from back in the 1980s. He does radio. Good friend of mine, Dan Cilio, Big Sills, is going to join us on an episode later on today. Also later on today, Brian Smith, recruiting expert, and my colleague at All Hurricanes is going to join us for an episode to talk about conference realignment. Because I got to tell you, man, Twitter and in our subtext chat, the question I've been asked most 
over the last couple of days that I don't have a great answer for has all been about conference realignment because there seems to be a lot going on and the Pac-12 Pac-12 is in serious trouble right now, folks, and we'll see what kind of a ripple effect this could have on the ACC and on Miami. So we have a lot coming up later on today on Locked on Canes, but we're talking Miami Hurricanes fall camp day one of that. I was watching Miami's defensive backs. We were well positioned on the field to see them. Uh, I mentioned Jadias Richard stealing the show and having a great practice. I will also say for the safeties, the top safeties, James Williams and Cam Kinchins both looked good out there from the drills we were able to watch. Uh, back on offense, I saw some good moments from Frank Ladson as well. Let's not forget about Frank Ladson. We don't talk about him a whole lot on Locked on Canes, but uh, I thought he had a good practice today. So, you know, from where the media was positioned, uh, they were in the indoor facility today, by the way. And thank you for that, <laughs> because we've been having these record temperatures outside and i know what you're going to say we need the players to get used to the heat and they're they're going to most of the practices throughout fall camp are going to be done primarily outside uh for whatever reason most of the practice today was inside and as a media member who does not need to condition myself for the heat and humidity because i'll be sitting in the press box on game days i am very thankful to mario cristobal and company for having our viewing period indoors today because i was air conditioned it's like 74 degrees in there i was feeling fantastic uh but since we were in the indoor facility the space is limited and the media basically had to stand kind of right behind that U that you see behind my head. We were kind of positioned like against the wall, basically up against that U. Some, from where the media was, uh, we had our best look at the defensive backs, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. At one point early in practice, the running backs were doing drills in front of us, but then I think they moved to the other side of the field because all the other position groups were on the opposite end of the field, so you needed binoculars to see them for most of the morning. When it comes to the guys who look the part, and hopefully they both play as well on Saturdays as they looked on this fine Tuesday, because these guys are looking absolutely jacked. The two most physically impressive looking human beings on that field today, I thought, were James Williams and Jakari Brown. These guys both passed the eye test and they look physically, they look like NFL players. And Jaleel Skinner is not far behind. Uh, we all know how tall Skinner is and what a good natural receiver he is from the tight end position. He's a skyscraper at six foot six, and Skinner has clearly added significant muscle uh, onto his body compared to last year. I spoke with Jaleel at Media Day on uh, on Monday, and I asked him, "What part of your game have you been working on most, and what part of your individual game do you feel like you're improving most?" And he told me my inline blocking. I love to hear that because we already know how talented Skinner is as a pass catcher and a route runner and a yak guy. But, uh, you know, he's not known as being the type of tight end who possesses who possesses the superpower of inline blocking. And apparently that's something he's paying a lot of attention to. So I like that. And he looks great out there. He not only looks every bit of his six foot six, but it looks like he's added quality muscle and size and uh and, and he's he's really he's really just cut out there uh I was positioned really well when it comes to coaches to watch Kevin Beard the wide receivers coach and Cody Cody Woodle coaching up those uh tight ends both of those guys look like they can suit up and play themselves and they're great teachers Woodle does this really well also and something about Kevin Beard you always notice just watching KB coach it's a joy he does an unbelievable job 
demonstrating routes and moves and techniques to his players. If they're not doing it 100% right, he's going to demonstrate it and he's going to stick the landing every time. He's one of the most involved and just uh, one of the better demonstrators as a coach that I've ever watched. Like he's very, very active in that. I want to go over a couple of points uh, from Hurricanes Media Day when we come back and a couple of things that have been said over the last couple of days by coaches and players that really stood out to me because one thing's for sure. If we're talking about Miami picking themselves out of that gutter that they were in last year at five and seven and you weren't just losing games, you were getting blown out and you were giving up 45 points plus in some of the games you were losing. If you're going to pick yourself out of that gutter, there's got to be a complete attitude change and just a complete top to bottom physically and mentally. The paradigm has got to shift completely because um, I said this on our episode over the weekend with Hoodie Girl and Chalupa Batman. For many years, the culture at the University of Miami has been broken. Are they in the process of fixing that? Because it's easier to identify a broken culture than it is to actually fix a broken culture. I'm not the first person to tell you over the last 15 years, ah, I, I think the culture in there has been broken uh, and not really have an answer on how to fix it. I, I thought an answer on how that culture can be fixed. I was given a tremendous answer and a tremendous piece of insight on how that can be fixed by one of Miami's defensive linemen. I asked him a simple question, and he gave me a complex answer, and I thought he hit it out of the park. But it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it once that regular season begins. I get it. But um, it really sparked something in me and reminded me when Miami was having success, you know, 2001, 2002, uh, early 90s, late 80s, what was one of those common denominators? If they can fix one of those common denominators, the U can be on their way back, I believe. So we're going to go over some important points from players and coaches at Media Day. I had a great time at Media Day on, on Monday. When we come back, you're going to want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available and free wherever you get your podcasts available free on YouTube. And for the everydayers, if you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, you want to join our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. I'm including a link in the show description below. You get text messages directly from my phone to yours. I was given a lot of practice updates to you guys on the subtext. A lot of the things that I said on the show just now or things that you know I was texting you guys during practice when it was in progress recruiting scoops, one-on-ones, questions and answers. Uh, you get it right there in our subtext community. Try it free for 14 days. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. So click the link in the show description below to join our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. So let's stay with Kevin Beard. I was just singing KB's praises. Uh, we talked with KB at Media Day about the new weapons in the receiver room, guys who have shown up since spring practice wrapped up. Kevin Beard confirmed that Tyler Harrell, in his words, is as fast as they're saying he is. That's what KB said. But he brought up an important point on that. Um, KB emphasizes this with Harrell, or is going to emphasize it with Harrell, that you don't need to run full speed all the time because you can, because that can, if you're running a 4 2 all over the field, that can make you become a little bit out of control. KB said it makes sense. 
because uh, he said even if you can run a 4-2, sometimes you should run a 4-5 until just the right moment to break away. So uh, I'd love to see what Kevin Beard can do with Tyler Harrell this year. It's the last ride for Harrell, final year of eligibility. And in the words of Kevin Beard, he's making an eight-month an eight month investment, I should say, in his football career to come down to Miami for the last ride. And I know it's going to be a mission for Kevin Beard to give Tyler Harrell the best possible coaching and instruction and to teach him to harness that superpower, right? You have that superpower of being the fastest guy or one of the fastest guys on it. Cause I, I say that because Chris Johnson might be just as fast or faster, but Tyler Harrell has the superpower of being one of the fastest players on any field. He steps on, you have to be able to harness that superpower and that's one of those things that Kevin Beard wants to help him do. Uh, Beard also talked about Shamar Kirk, who transferred in after spring football. He described Kirk, who we like a lot here on the show, as a quote-unquote yak guy, a yards-after-catch guy. He says that once Shamar gets the ball in his hands, he becomes a running back. That definitely matches up with the film, right? If you go and watch Shamar's huddle reel and – the work that he put up at Reedley College, um, he's right. This guy's hurtling people. He's weaving in and out of traffic. He's making tacklers miss. Get him that football in space. Get that football in his hands. He becomes a running back. I like that. That was a good way to describe Shamar Kirk. Uh, we spoke with Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator. Uh, one thing he clarified, and people are always curious about this. Uh, curious about this when a new OC comes in. Dawson says he will be calling the plays from the field not from upstairs. I get the sense most of you like that better. Um, Josh Gaddis called the plays from upstairs for what that's worth. <laughs> so you may like it better the opposite way, okay? Uh, Dawson says he's done it both ways throughout his career. He prefers being on the field versus up in the booth. And he says a big part of that is uh, when you're on the field, field level, he gets to talk with his quarterback after plays and kind of feel out his quarterback face-to-face. Because remember, he's also the quarterback's coach, so that's an important thing for him to not only be able to call the plays, but to be able to instruct his quarterback between those plays. And on the quarterbacks, Shannon Dawson, he speaks very highly of Tyler Van Dyke's football IQ and how quickly TVD has advanced in understanding and implementing the new offensive scheme. Dawson says that Tyler is way ahead of where most quarterbacks he's worked with are mentally in the first year of learning this offense, that he's able to kind of install some more advanced stuff with Tyler because he's taken to the offense so quickly. You definitely love to hear that. And I spoke with Tyler as well. And, you know, the love fest between Dawson and Van Dyke, it's very mutual because Van Dyke has a lot of really nice things to say about Shannon Dawson. Uh, he's, really anticipating the type of freedom he's going to get being in this offense, being able to, you know, check plays, checks from uh, running plays to passing plays and vice versa, have just a little bit more control and command of the offense. And we did uh, interview Tyler Van Dyke. We posted it on our YouTube channel. So we did do that at media day yesterday. So check out locked on canes on YouTube. If you want to watch the full interview one-on-one -on -one that I had yesterday with Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, Zion Nelson, I regret I did not speak with Zion personally. So the way that media day is set up, it kind of reminds me of like, and I've never actually done this, but from what I've seen on television, it reminds me of like speed dating. Like you've got the entire offense. They're all sitting at tables for 40 minutes. And, you know, there's like what 42, 43 offensive players. 
And so you've got basically 40 minutes to talk to as many players as you can talk to. And then the offensive guys leave. And then all the defensive guys sit down at tables. You've got 40 minutes to talk to as many guys as you could talk to. So I regret I did not talk personally with Zion Nelson. But Zion, Miami's left tackle, coming off an injury, he did address the media yesterday. And he talked about his timetable coming off of his lower body injury and an apparent setback that he said that he suffered coming off of that injury. And he said there is no exact timetable for him, that he's been, you know, working out, doing various conditioning stuff that he's able to do as part of his comeback plan. Um, but there's no exact timetable for when he's going to be a full go. When people saw that headline, I know it caused a little bit of panic in the fan base because they said, oh, Zion, Zion is saying there's no timetable, which I don't know, kind of makes it sound like he's going to miss significant time from here on forward. Um, he was being vague about it because I did watch a couple of videos with Zion talking about it, even though I didn't get to speak with him in person. I would like to default to what Mario Cristobal said about Zion about a what was it about a week and change ago at ACC Media Day, where he did say at some point during fall camp, didn't give an exact timetable, which is what Zion Nelson said. There's no exact timetable. Mario did not give an exact timetable, but he said at some point during fall camp, they are expecting Zion to be a full go. So I keep my fingers crossed that that's the case because he's the best left tackle on the team. Could they survive without him? Sure. Jalen Rivers can do the job. At some point, Samson Okunlola may not be ready week one, week two, but at some point, Samson Okunlola will be able to do that job at a very high level. But Zion Nelson is your best option. And just on a human level, I'm rooting for him because he's overcoming so much. I mean, he missed basically the entire season last year due to injury. That's a lot of adversity. I am rooting for Zion to come back and raise his draft stock back into the first round before next year. So I tease this a little bit, talking about the culture. I had a great chat with Ahmad Moten, Miami defensive tackle, heading into his second year. And this was another one. This is on our YouTube channel when we talk to a bunch of defensive players, if you guys want to watch that. And I asked Ahmad Moten, who physically looks fantastic, by the way. He talked about being, he's about 315, 320, but leaner than he was last year. He said, Last year, I was kind of a sloppy 217. Those are his words, not mine, that he was a little sloppy last year. But like this year, he's just as heavy, uh, but he's toned down and, and stronger, more quality muscle mass. But that wasn't really the highlight of my conversation with him. I asked Ahmad Moten, coming off of five and seven last year, if the vibe on the team is different than it was a year ago. Um, I didn't think it was the best question in the world, but he gave me a much more insightful answer than the question warranted, in my opinion. So Zion, or sorry, this was uh, Ahmad Moten. Moten told me, he said last year, to him, it felt like the players were playing for the coaches. Whereas this year, heading into this year anyway, he feels like the players are playing for each other. You get the difference there? He brought up, hey, there were big names on the coaching staff last season, I think that made some of the players feel some extra pressure and they felt like they were doing things with the motivation of not letting their coaches down. Whereas now their mindset is we don't want to let each other down. We want to be the best for each other, not just to make our coaches satisfied. I thought that was incredibly insightful. And it just, it reminded me of 
something that so many of the great players, because I, I try to keep up with as many, you know, Miami alumni from the glory days as I possibly can. We're going to talk to one of those guys later today and Dan Cilio. And, you know, anytime you talk to guys who won championships at Miami, 80s, 90s, 2001, they always talk about how the locker room, what an entity that was, that they were playing for each other. They were policing each other. Not saying coaches aren't important, but the relationship and the instructions you get coaches to players was not as important as the self-leadership within the locker room and what these guys were doing for each other. You know, when you had great leaders over the years, the Michael Irvins and the Ray Lewis's and the Ed Reeds of the world, how much leadership and how much of that coaching and inspiration came from within, not from without. And so, you know, what Moten said to me, it reminded me of that. It reminded me of the idea of, you know, playing, playing for each other, not just to make your coaches happy or keep your coaches from chewing you out or something like that, because that's not the motivation of a championship team. You're not motivated for a championship. You just want to you want to do well on a play so your coach doesn't have to yell at you. That, that's not motivation. Motivation is doing it for each other. So I I thought that was a great. And, you know, we the interview with Ahmad Moten, it's available on our YouTube channel from yesterday. I just thought that was tremendous insight on his part, and I enjoyed hearing it. Uh, so, yes, it was a fun first day of fall camp. We will do it again. Time and time again throughout this week in the next several weeks before Miami opens up their season first week of September. I am Alex Dono. If you want to support the channel, you can sign up for our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. Hit the thumbs up. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. If you prefer listening to the audio version, because you can take us with you on a drive, on a jog, wherever you go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. And we will talk to you again later today on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.